Welcome to my testimony and today, wow, we have a very special guest, one of my best friends, Pastor Paul Anderson. Yes, welcome to my testimony, Paul. Thanks guys, it's great to be with you today. Yeah, and I can't wait to get into this testimony. Absolutely, thank you, I'm so happy to be here. Before we get into my testimony, let's bow our heads for prayer. Mm. Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful day. Mm. Thank you for Pastor Paul and his family. Thank you for allowing him and, and for you to use him in the way that you've been using him so far. We pray that as he shares his testimony with us, that all of us will be blessed and we will all be drawn closer to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so Pastor Paul. Tell us a little bit about your role, because we know you as Pastor Paul, but you're not actually a pastor of a church. So how did you get to be, or how did you decide that you wanted to study theology? Well, Don, that's a great question. Um, first of all, let me say that I'm, I'm a PK. Um, not one of the worst, thank God. Uh, you know, because uh, PKs, always get a bad rap, yeah, they do. Yeah. but you know, growing up, uh, it, it was very challenging and I had no desire, no, no inkling that, you know, um, being a pastor was my destiny mm. was going to be my career path. Mm. Uh, but sure enough, I, you know, I can think back as far as high school, uh, graduation, and, and one of my best friends at the time, Stacy Ann Reed, now Stacy Ann Santiago, she, she said that, I don't, Paul, I don't care what you say, um, you're gonna be a pastor. And wow. you know, I, I was mm -hmm. like, get out of here. Wow. Get out of here with that. I, I, I'm not, I don't care what, that, that's not the, the, the path, at least if I have any uh, choice in the matter, it's not mm -hmm. something I wanna do. Wow. But needless to say, if you, we, we fast forward to my first year in, in college mm -hmm. and um, I was was placed in a, a, a dorm room mm -hmm. with two theologians. And this was so wow. Un unlikely, wow. you know, hey. because mm -hmm. I, I never imagined, you know, that um, I would, and these were two senior guys. They were actually, one was a junior, one was a senior. And um, they said, you know, anyone who stays in this room will become a pastor. <laughs> wow. You know, of course, I enrolled in the computer science, computer technology okay. uh, path. Okay. That's where I started. And, uh, you know, that was a, a passion of mine. And, you know, later on after I graduated, um, that's something I did as well. I, I did that for a little bit. Uh, that was um, something I was very, very fascinated by mm -hmm. and still am today. 
I'm, I'm very much into technology right. and just being on the cutting edge, being able to uh, multitask as, you know, a lot of millennials do mm. and get things done. So you didn't want to be a pastor because mm. um, your dad was a pastor. So did this have any effect on you? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, what happened is that when I was when I was born, my dad was pursuing his master's in divinity at Andrews University. Okay. Um, they were they were quite young, he and my mother. And uh, maybe when I was about two or maybe three, I'm not sure, somewhere in that range, um, I had to stay with my grandparents. Okay. And, you know, it was during my formative years. So, you know, these are the bonding years, the years where you you really get to know your parents and and um, understand things that you need to know about them. Right. And I remember um, them coming to the house, to my grandparents' house. And when I saw them, I was so excited. You know, I I did not want to let them go. In fact, I don't believe that trip was to pick up my brother and I, but I was determined not to to stay. Not that, you know, <laughs> this is not an indictment on my, my grandparents. I love my grandparents. They were they were wonderful, but they cannot replace your parents at all. Right. Right. And I remember at some point I just went in the car and I was determined not to to get out. I had a pretty good upbringing, and I think it's mostly because my my parents they had a great relationship. They were okay, okay, uh, wonderful towards each other. Um, I don't think I saw a day where my my dad was was arguing with my mom or or mistreated her or abused her in any way. So it was mixed. My, my feelings about my, my father especially was, was mixed, but I, I didn't realize that, that deep inside, I, I, was, I was hurt, I was affected, I was deeply torn by the fact that they were missing during those crucial and important years. So, because you have experienced all these things so young, um, the idea of theology, where did that come from then? If you have all this resentment, why would you decide that, you know, let me change my mind now and do theology? Well, I, I remember my father asking me to try out uh, West Indus College for one semester. Mm. Uh, I was thinking more Oakwood or uh, or possibly Southern, but um, I, you know, I, I didn't even consider going back to Jamaica mm. at all. <laughs> so he said, you know, just try it out one semester and, and believe it or not, that's all it took. It took one semester, wow. um, even though I, I went there to pursue computer technology, computer science, mm. um, because I'm, I'm very much into technology, it didn't take long. It didn't take long. And I called home and I said, you know, dad, I have something to share with you. And he said, uh, you just want to talk to me or you, you want to bring, you want me to bring mom on the phone? Mm -hmm. I said, you know, go ahead and go ahead and bring mom mm -hmm. on the phone. And 
and he he brought mom on the phone and I, I I told them I said listen you know first of all I want to thank you guys for the way you you, you brought me up I'm really honored by um, the training I received I really respect the relationship that you both have and mm -hmm. and and all the prayers that have gone up for me um, and you know as a PK I got to tell you the pressure the, the the pressure just to be normal mm. is or 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 it's not not supposed to be normal but to be right. to to be a model uh, yeah right but but also to be a model mm. was so strong you know I, sometimes i felt like i couldn't just be me i have to be in the spotlight you know you're you're a pastor's child so you're expected to you know follow a certain path mm. um and do certain things right and you know i was always running away from that always wanted right. to get away from that right. i just wanted to chart my own course right but i remember during that year i i remember you know being fresh out of college sorry fresh out of high school um i was you know wearing my you know this was 99 so okay this is just before 2000 rolled around and right i was wearing my baggy pants i had <laughs> you know big clothes and you know had on the cap and, you know, because I was in Jamaica, I had, you know, the, uh, you, you know, that, that multicolored belt mm -hmm. that you let hang, hang down. Cross, cross, cross colors, man. I remember so the that, cross colors. Yep. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I was trying to portray a certain image, you know, that I was a, a somewhat of a street guy and, mm. uh, and I had street cred credibility. Um, but it's it's crazy because people saw through it and people would come up to me and the first thing they would ask okay first thing they would ask what would be are you are you a theology theology major and i would say why would that be the first first thing that comes to mind wow you know uh, I, i'd be so puzzled by that you know because this is i'm a freshman you know no one knows me there and random people I, I would meet these random students and they would they would just ask that would be the first thing they asked me and i said wow and then eventually i remember because i was in a dorm room with two theologians they invited me to mm -hmm. their annual ret ret retreat which was um hosted by the religion department and then I remember a few students who had asked me prior to that, they said, oh, now it makes sense. And I said, what? Well, how is it possible that you would attend a, a ministerial retreat if you have no interest in ministry? <laughs> so, yeah, it, 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 um, it really, I, and of course, I had a very um, telling experience had a, a very, very interesting experience that I said, Lord, if you could, if you could take me out of this situation, I promise you, I'll, I'll follow you all the way, you know, mm -hmm. whatever you want me to do. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, he, he brought me out of it. He okay. took me out of that situation and, mm -hmm. uh, he set me on, on that path and, and fast forward back to the conversation with my parents. I said, you know, um i can't believe i'm saying this but this is 
Lord has given me that ministry is my path forward. That's going to be my career path. And my dad said, son, you know, I, I never told you this before, but I want to share, share this with you now. He said, when you were born, your mother and I, we prayed and we asked the Lord if, if you were the one. And he said, I, I, I prayed silently because I wanted to make sure that this request be very specific and the sign mm -hmm. very, very specific. So he, he asked God to reveal three golden strands of hair in my head. Wow. If, if I was the one and they, they both started to um, search through uh, my hair and cause I had a lot of hair. I had a lot of hair when I was born and uh, they searched for a while and they found the first one and they, they and then they found the second one. They started getting excited and they found the third one mm. and it was confirmed. It was confirmed. I said, wow, you know, I, and I, and up to, up to now, I've always thought if, if I ever had a doubt that God called me to ministry, that would have been the confirmation that conversation sealed it for me it, it, it was like the capping of um a confirmation that you could never uh forget now you have been you have this confirmation from your parents mm -hmm. what about the anger and the resentment mm -hmm. that you were feeling before did that just magically go away or what was what was the process with that so when i was when i was at northern caribbean university i had an experience that that changed my life forever i attended a seminar called the destiny of hope seminar okay and it's a, it's it's a fascinating seminar it it actually took me through my childhood, I, I got a chance to look back and, and, and uh, uncover some things that I didn't, did not realize was there. And I realized that I was very angry. I was upset. I had resentment, mm -hmm. bitterness towards my father because mm -hmm. he had left my brother and I um, with our grandparents. And I said, you know what? I need to get this resolved. I need to, uh, I need to, to have a conversation with my dad. Mm. And sure enough, I called him up and I told him how I felt about the situation mm -hmm. um, growing up. And, and, you know, he explained, he explained the situation at the time and, and how, he was trying his best and, you know, he, he, he wished he could have done better. And he, you know, he knows that he understands the impact that it may have had on me. Right. And, you know, we had uh, a very interesting moment where we, 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 we cried together and we just okay. kind of uh, reconciled. Mm. It, it, it was, it was a special moment. And I didn't realize how important that moment was 
until um, his diagnosis. He was he was diagnosed diagnosed with fibrocystic liver disease. Oh wow! And and mm. what happened is that it was a situation where uh, it, it was inherent from from birth. Mm -hmm. So there was this really small cyst that was slowly growing over time until it just started to balloon. Mm. And it, 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 it eventually, you know, that's what took his life. But that was wow. from the point that mm. um, we reconciled. I think from that point to the point that he died, it was about two years. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So yeah, that, that really, yeah. Yes, absolutely. It really made it made a difference. Yeah. I, I was so happy that I reconciled when I did because, yeah. you know, had I done it like moments before, like maybe a month out, mm -hmm. it, I would not have been prepared mm -hmm. to to lose him at that time. So so God really allowed us to get to that point in our journey together mm. that we could be at peace there. And before, you know, growing up, especially in my teens, I would be very antagonistic mm -hmm. towards um, the music, you know, like my dad loved the Heralds and he used to listen to 89.7 or 89.3, all the Christian stations. <laughs> And I would ask him, I was like, dad, just, you know, just play Hot 105 or play 29 Jams, you know? Of course, of course. I know. And, mm -hmm. and uh, my dad would be so patient with me, you know? Um, he would never, you know, become combative or uh, very defensive. He would, he, would, he would be, you know, always took on this peaceable, peaceful demeanor. Mm. And, and and that really struck me as as something admirable, mm. something that I I wanted to be like uh, as I was becoming a man. Mm. When we spoke the other day, you you told me about the why. What is the why? Is Tell the us why about what what is the why for you? And what does that mean? Absolutely. So the why for me is to see my father again. You mm. know, um, mm. I I continue in ministry. Um, because I want to see my father again. And, and it's not just the, the act or the duties that I carry out. Because for me, ministry is not what I do, but rather it's who I am. Amen. That's, Amen. that's what I've, I've been, made, been made to do, become ministers for, for Christ. And, but it, it, just the fact that my father left such an amazing legacy, um, it galvanized in my mind what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, and and how. The how was was easy. Mm -hmm. It was simple. It was through commitment and continual dedication to what God has, has um, laid on my heart. Right. And my ministry has taken on different dimensions over the years. 
relationships. Mm. I started off um, as a as a student pastor uh, just before I graduated, mm-hmm. and that that's an interesting story. Um, in fact, I'm going to dive right into that. Um, I remember when I was a student pastor, I was in my last year. I was basically doing practicum, mm. and I had a senior pastor that I, I worked along with, uh, really looked up to the guy right. and really had, you know, just great respect, and admiration and, and uh, looked to him for, for leadership and mentorship. Uh, this was a, a white pastor and, you know, somewhere in the Midwest. And okay. we were working in a small church. Uh, I was his junior pastor. And we, we had a great time, you know, at at least that's what I thought, you know, I would, I would drive, I would drive, um, cross state lines from from school, um, over to where the church was, Mm. uh, every Wednesday night, um, and every weekend. Okay. And the, the experience, you know, the the relationship progressed. Mm -hmm. Until eventually, you know, I started to pick up a sense that maybe there was some jealousy, maybe mm-hmm. there was some some envy because he was about to retire. Mm-hmm. In a sense, he was on his way out. And I was just about to enter the field. Okay. So I woke up one morning and I remember going on my computer to check my email uh, to kind of get ready for the school day. Mm-hmm. And then I saw an email from him. I wow. Said, oh, I, I don't normally receive emails from, from him. Normally he would, he would either, you know, send me a text message or just call me um, if he has something he wants to uh, make me aware of. Right. Right. So I started to read the email and I was literally dumbfounded. I was flabbergasted. I was floored okay. because the content of that email was so explosive. In fact, it was a um, it, it was a concocted story. It was it was a fabrication. Um, mm. it, it, it 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 was a defamation of character. Oh wow! Um, in, in a sense, and I said, "Wow." Uh, how could he send such an email out? And then, you know, I started to look, I started to look into the, uh, the sender. Mm-hmm. I started to look into the, the sender field to see where, mm-hmm. to where, yeah, to, you where know, who and who did he send it? Email. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I realized that these were very, very prominent people. You know, mm-hmm. it's not your everyday uh, Joe. These were these these were, these know, were the top guys top in the church, notch. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, these were the well-to-do, um, the hobnobs, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I was like, whoa! So it got really messy from that point because I realized I had to get a lawyer because, again, you know, this wow. was defamation of character. Mm-hmm. And I called, I called to find out, you know, of course I didn't get him, but I called, you know, because I was, you, know, you can imagine, I mean, I'm a young student, 
about to graduate. All I'm thinking about is, you know, just finishing, finish up my course. And here I am in a situation with someone that I trusted, that I believed mm-hmm. was providing the right leadership and mentorship and, gu- and guidance mm-hmm. to prepare me and groom me for ministry. Wow. And, and this bombshell dropped out of thin ear. Fast forward, uh, maybe about a month later, or a little over a month, after, after I, I retained a, a lawyer mm-hmm. and everything, and I was going to go through with a, a lawsuit, mm-hmm. um, the conference decided to bring together the pastor and essentially everyone that was copied on that email. Okay. Wow. wow. And, and he had to apologize to me mm. and, and admit to everyone that this, this email was completely false and untrue. Wow. There was, there was not even a shred of truth. Did, did he, did he give a reason? He did he give a did reason he, why he did that in the first place? Yeah. No, wow. no. Uh, you know, honestly, I believe he was probably mentally disturbed. Um, and I think there was certainly um, uh, some racism involved. Mm. And and the reason why I say that is that the, the, it was a mixed church that we were at. And I remember when I would preach, there were, you know, there were certain members that would come by and, and, and they would say, oh, Pastor Anderson, what a wonderful message today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And okay. I would say, you know, praise the Lord. Right. Um, Thank you, God. Mm. And, you know, I, I would direct the praise to God, right. you know, because I, I didn't need it. I, I don't need it. Right. I, I'm just a man, just a vessel, just a messenger. Right. Exactly. Right. So right. the thing is, the pastor would be within um, proximity where he went. Okay. And remember, he's on his way out to retirement, towards retirement. I am on my way into the field of ministry. Okay. And, you know, I just got the sense that, you know, he did this to thwart my chances of, of getting into the field um, in that part of, of the U.S., in, in the Midwest. And I said, okay. you know what? I got a lot, you know, I got a lot of encouragement. I was, you know, I was told uh, many of the afflictions of the righteous of the Lord delivers them out of them all. And, you know, I got a lot of uh, scriptures and people saying, you know, um, that's how you know you're called. If, if you're being attacked so much, right. um, that's, right. that's basically a confirmation. Mm-hmm. And at the time I took, I took that with a grain of salt, but it really hurt it 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 really really affected me um and of course it affected my chances of of really doing ministry there but little did i realize you know god had a different plan right god had a, a, a totally different plan and um i wanted to reconcile meaning i even though he had he had done that i wanted 
because you know my my thinking is that because we are children of god no matter what happens no matter what happens if we can't settle our differences mm-hmm. here on earth Amen. we we certainly can't wait to get to heaven right uh, for it to be resolved because it is right. not going to happen exactly but want to yeah he did not want to reconcile and unfortunately uh maybe 2 years after that he he was he was uh corresponding with a 17 year old oh wow and that young lady she decided to turn over that correspondence <laughs> to the conference and immediately they they decided to let him go mm. and then um uh, maybe 2 years from that point he he passed oh wow and that was i, I want to say that's probably around 2014 oh wow so that that was really tough right. you know that was really hard um and and you know it was not a situation where i was rejoicing to say you know justice has been finally served mm. but in my heart i said lord i i really hope he made it right i don't know what was going on in his life up until that point when he died but i really right. hope that he he made it right with you i i really hope that you know when i get to heaven i will see him exactly amen you know amen amen yeah so with with all those experiences um you you're in ministry now um you you teach and you you preach and you what would be your your um your advice to young people ex- especially you. talk to those uh pk kids uh, that you come in contact with what would you would be your advice to them i i remember maybe 2 weeks ago i attended a funeral and um and and, and the young man he he was he was a pk as well and okay. you know, he said one of the things that mm-hmm. he that that really hurt him growing up was that his father was not there mm-hmm. um that that affected him deeply right and so much so that he de- he determined mm-hmm. that no matter what he would not become a, a pastor and you know i when i heard that i said wow i i i can relate to that and you know we're all we we all have varied experiences on this journey and no one better than the other but the fact is god is so powerful he's so wise that he says the work that i started in you i'm not going to stop until it's complete and I always think about right. that because right. a lot of times we get caught up in our mess the bad decisions we've made mm-hmm. um some of the things that we've done that that maybe that 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 maybe um has interrupted the flow of what god was trying to to do but mm-hmm. you know just those promises if we hold on to if onto those promises that that god has laid out uh for you be assured that you can be successful you can find um happiness on the journey i've i've found so much joy so much love and 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 delight um in finding a a beautiful wife and now i have right. a 
uh, a one-year-old. Um, mm-hmm. I have a lovely family, you know, and, and you know, looking back a couple of years, I didn't think my life would turn out like this, right, exactly. you know, because of some of the experiences, right. but because I, I made peace, that, that would be the first thing I would say, make peace with, with those around you. It's very, very important Amen. that you make peace with your love. Start with your immediate family mm-hmm. and, and work your way out from there. I've discovered that, you know, without that, um, you're, you're always going to get stuck. It doesn't matter how much success you find, you, you're going to get stuck. And it's sometimes very difficult to get unstuck. So reconciling with the people that you care about the most. And the second thing I would say um, is is finding finding joy, finding happiness um, in in simplicity. Right, right. Yeah, because sometimes we get caught up in um, the promotion. We get caught up yep. in um, what we're bringing home. Yeah. You know, hmm. or if we're able to right. um, spend a lot at Amazon, mm. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> we, we use some ridiculous measuring sticks to, to, to know whether we are um, successful in life. Mm-hmm. And for me, I find simplicity in just um, waking up every morning, wanting to serve my <laughs> wife, wanting to serve our daughter wanting right. to, 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 to be, just be, to be a servant. Amen. And, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, right. um, God gave me a, a beautiful opportunity to, to serve my family. Mm. And I've been able to bring several of my relatives, uh, to the Lord, you know, including Amen. aunts and, and uncles and, and cousins. Oh, wow. Um, that has asked for me. <laughs> uh, so, you know, my advice is, you know, just be true. Just be true to yourself. Be true to who you know God has um, called you to be. And that's to be a child of God. Amen. 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 Wow, well, yeah, Paul, man, this is such a pleasure, man, just to hear your story and to realize how the devil, the devil was uh, trying to derail you. Um, from the get-go, from, from the time you were born, um, you know, derail you from your ministry that you're doing today. And, you know, we spend a lot of time together, uh, myself and you personally, you know, we work out together and, and we talk all the time. So I know, I know how um, close you are to Christ. And I just want to just encourage you to, to keep keeping on, as they would say, and just keep close to God, man. You and your, your beautiful wife, um, Lenny, and, and your daughter. Um, beautiful family and your mom. I know your mom is still around, and uh, on all your siblings oh, yes. and everything. So, yeah. So, yes. God truly bless you and bless your ministry, man. As you as you continue to live for Him each and every day. Every day, I'm I'm just thanking God because I look around me and I say, Wow, I don't I don't deserve all these blessings, but it, it's because of His goodness. And I gotta say, uh, for everyone who's listening. Um, if you if you live a good life, mm-hmm. you leave a legacy for your family. Because let me tell you, right now I'm still um, experiencing blessings that that goes back two gen even two generations. Amen, amen. All right, again, we want to just thank you, thank you for sharing with us today, 
And um, you know, as I said before, just keep keeping on, man, because it's the it's the only way, man. And you you've been a good example to myself and Dawn. Um, you know, so just keep man. keep doing it, bro. <laughs> Love you, man. So, <laughs> all right. So Love you too. You gonna pray to close this out? Yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity just to hear Pastor Paul's testimony. What an amazing journey mm. you've brought him on and the many experiences that he's had that have just allowed him to understand that choosing you and continuing to choose you mm-hmm. is the most important thing that he has to do every day. So I pray, Lord, that as this testimony goes out to others, that they will be able to see the importance of choosing you, to have faith in you, yep. and to keep trusting in you, so that we can all be ready to meet mm. you. It's our prayer, Jesus. Amen. 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 Again, Amen. man, thank you so much for coming on, man. And you know, and you know, I'm gonna wake you up early in the morning for us to exercise, man. You know, you're not getting away from that. <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, man. We we gotta get it in, man. No excuses, no man. Excuses. No excuses. So. <laughs> That's right. All right, man. So thanks again, man. And we'll talk soon, okay? Absolutely. Blessings, everybody.